Levi, welcome to the podcast. Um, man, this one, I, I think the, the one thing that I always noticed with you for a long time now, um, you're a grinder, man. And uh, I just appreciate you coming on here because I've got a lot of questions for you because I don't know that anyone outside of a, maybe a couple guys right in this area jackpot as much, but I don't think anyone jackpots more or has put more into it the last four or five years than, or six or seven really than what, what I've watched you do. So thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I mean, we go and, and do our best. It doesn't always go the best, but we dink our inner a lot and uh, give ourselves a lot of chances. But yeah. Well, 19th in the world last year, right? Yeah. Made the finals this year. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. What do you think has been the biggest difference between that year and this year? You know, last year, uh, it was just kind of a confidence builder, I think, for me and Nelson. We didn't get to rope together the whole year. Um, we didn't start till the springtime, and neither of us had a very good winter. Um, so when we started roping together, we actually won a lot together and like felt like if we would have had the whole year, we probably would have made it because we won as a team. We won a lot, but we just didn't rope together in the winter, and neither of us won very much. So coming into this year, we were looking forward to – roping together for a whole year and really felt like we'd have a good chance if we just kind of stuck with what we did uh, last year and worked out well we had a great year and and uh did good and glad how it turned out to make the finals this year well and two for like in 2019 your guys's run whenever i mean i'm trying to remember the week was it spanish fork was that like the 24th of july where you yeah. guys just like, yeah in 2019 uh between Spanish Fork, Nampa, Casper, and Vernal, we won like almost 20,000 at four rodeos. So that kind of, we didn't do great over the fourth, but then that week and then into the next two weeks, we kind of did really good and got up there to where we had a chance to make the finals and then just had a couple couple issues in August and September. I, my good horse went down. I was riding a second string horse that was decent, but not, you know, how it is if you lose your best one. I mean, it hurts you. And we didn't, neither of us roped as good as we needed to uh, closing out the year, and it just fell short. But like I said, we were looking forward to coming into this year. Yeah, man, uh, that that was what was fun. Because, I, I mean, I've watched you rope a lot, and obviously if I'm at a jackpot, you you probably have already beat me there. <laughs> and and uh, so, I mean, we've I've seen you rope a ton of steers. But it just seemed like that last year it went from, you know, there's a lot of guys rodeoing, and then you've got the teams that are – fighting to make the finals right. and the teams that are trying to get into the winter rodeos right and it really looked like that that it was going to go that way over the fourth of july for you guys like just just try to have a decent year yeah. get into the winter rodeos but yeah. then all of a sudden yeah, yeah like that, that and, one week it was crazy how it changed and uh what well, really like your header he seems like a guy and i and I, the more i'm around the guys from back east they like to go fast oh, you yeah. know and uh i think your header has unreal range and and yeah. so it's like once once you guys got that run rolling it yeah. was like i mean just a whole I, I i mean i didn't really stay out there till like the ellensburg time and see that but when i right. watched you guys go it was i mean you were pretty much waxing them yeah and then then 2020 was pretty wild it's it was kind of hard to get a rhythm this year and that i thought that was what was fun to see was you know when i went to cody and every year i don't know if uh, how many people have seen the cody wyoming setup but it's probably one of the best one headers of the year yeah. usually got twenty thousand or more added yeah high dollar fees the boxes are long the steers are strong 
and you've got to make real runs over there. Yeah. It's like it's one of the rodeos where one or two tenths is oh, the yeah. difference between thousands of dollars For from sure. from usually about third to to I don't know what hole, but yeah. your guys' run there was on a steer. I thought it was probably one of the best runs of the whole year. Yeah, I we've been three a lot this year and four, and we were five one at Cody, and that might be the best run I've ever made. Um, the steer was not really good. He was strong and kind of trying to the right. And like I said, I mean, the time wasn't as fast, but probably the best run I ever made because it was three coils. I had to ride all the way around out to the end of it, heel fast, and it came together. And we won third at the rodeo, but, yeah, it was a fun run. And I don't, I don't know if we could do it again, but it was sure fun to make it there that day. Well, it's, it's one of those runs where... Like, I don't know. Did you guys know that steer going into it? Yeah, we had a rerun, and he we seen the video. I mean, all the steers were pretty strong, but he definitely split the gates and was running. So, But, I mean, we needed to win something, so we bared down, and Nelson did a great job. I mean, he headed the steer from 30 feet away. And, and then for me, I think my heel horse probably made the run for me. Like, that horse can run so fast, and he's so fast-footed that he got down the arena and then gave me a shot to where I could heal him on the first hop. And, and that's probably what made the run for me is being able to be on him and, and heal him that fast. Right. Well, and I think that this is where these are the runs that to me make the difference between making the finals and not because you yeah. have, a, you have a steer. That, it did. I mean, right. we made it by six or 7,000 and we won 5,900 on that, that steer. So, I mean, they right. all matter. Yeah. Right. And so, I, this is what's so I think so important for guys to understand and, and when you're rodeoing all year long it really does come down to a couple of steers oh, a lot man, of times for sure and then on top of it there's steers where you're not supposed to win anything and that yeah. was one of those steers and I think that that's where the headers with tons of talent with their rope and the special horses and all of that comes into play because you got now you got a cow that Shouldn't have won anything. Yeah. Like I don't know if your guys' game plan was to step him left when you have one that's that strong. Right. But the boxes are so deep. How do you jump one too hard? Because exactly. there's not a lot of left over there at Cody. And so yeah. you've got to at least give him a chance. And he's just one of those that. Yeah, it just came together. Like I don't think we had a plan. I think I planned on leaving right with him because I'm like he runs so hard. Even if I get a great start, I don't think I'm gonna push him too far left just because he knows where he's going. He's going to the back end fast. <laughs> so. I was planning on going because I know if, if he does get it on him, I'm going to need to be out to the end of it and throw fast to have a chance to win something. So, like I said, I we just it's just one of those runs that has to come together. I don't think you can really make a game plan. Like, just kind of when, like, when you're three, you can't plan on being three. You just have to rope the steer and, and let it play out, and that's how that run was. Right. Well, and I think, man, it's it for, like, going back to being around you and – what I think is kind of fun is the, that header that you have now is a guy that he has a ton of game. And that steer oh, yeah. and, and a lot of spins, he he can go two and three coils yeah. and go so fast. And your guys' run is extremely fast. Like You're one of the teams that win a lot of first place right. checks and have a lot of runs that, that win a lot of money at the big one headers. And I think that's like, what is that like when you're healing those kind of cattle? And when I mean, how do you get used to that as a healer? Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it. Like you said, I don't think we caught very many this summer where we didn't place. Like, we very seldom, if ever, caught and was too long. So that's that's nice um, to know if you just make your run, you're probably going to win something. Right. Um, and then 
my style is probably pretty aggressive too. Like I'm, I like to rope faster and I'm consider myself maybe throw faster, like one of the faster guys. So when we put our, each other together, it worked out pretty well, you know? Um, and I think that's our best run. I think there's been a few times where maybe third is easier and we were like, well, let's just maybe try to go with third and then we're too long. It's like, we're better off trying to go fast. So I think that's our best chance to win anything anyways is for him to go fast me to go fast and just stick to what we do best and that's when we've caught the most steers right well and, and being around here in stephenville this is what's kind of fun about it is a lot of the jackpots around here even the opens are pretty decently tough oh man even like the other day tuesday there's 19 teams and yeah. a, a little tuesday day daily jackpot and it's yeah. kind of a small turnout but Still, no, still 35 on five on pay two monies and there were six and five throughout the whole rep and win something. So, yeah, like it's you know, it's pretty tough to to win anything no matter what. So, the the amount of offense you have to show, and then there's a a lot of ropens, which and I want to know what you think about this, but like there'll be a ton of slides around here, yeah, and the slides are typically four steer averages yeah. you've got six rounds sometimes more sometimes they'll let you guys enter oh, yeah. enter, yeah. enter up yeah and you'll be heading and healing and i mean you're usually there with dustin Egasquiza. yeah and uh you, you know he obviously he is an animal when yeah. it comes to head unbelievable but the the runs that you're making all the time in a forehead average are almost like these rodeo runs like they're they're really like they almost look low percentage to yeah. the public, but you well, guys, yeah. you guys are. And then in a slide, obviously, we'll get some seconds added. So then we have to go fast, and just like Nelson or Dustin, they're so comfortable doing it. It's like if I could head the steer from two or three coils back, I'd probably do it every time too. It's like, right. why well, run close when they can do that? But those guys are so talented, man, and uh, it's awesome to get a heel for them. It's it's fun to rope with those guys. So when did when did you and dustin and and i mean obviously like i i think it's been three or four years yeah, you guys have four years yeah you guys have always i don't know if you guys split fees at the jackpots oh, yeah. but you guys are like you guys are entered and usually kind of show right. together and we'll and, and do that but was that was that kind of by design was you just i mean you've always i know that like amateur rodeo and stuff like that yeah you, you've always entered a ton of rodeos yeah. and kind of one like I said, a grinder. You yeah. know, you're one of the oh, guys yeah. that love to go. Yeah, I don't know if it's smart or not. Like we've been to the Tuesday night and put up a thousand, and and you're gonna have to do some winning to get the fees back. But we always go back, and I mean, I don't think quitting is the answer. So we we wrote for a living, so we we go to them, and I'll be the first one to tell you I've probably lost a lot of money open roping around here. Just like you said, it's so tough, and the competition is unbelievable, and I'm I'm probably more of a rodeo fan than a jackpot fan anyways, but you got to go to them because they pay so well and that can get you ahead roping at the jackpots and then just to stay sharp and compete against everybody. Um, but yeah, it's we we rope for a living. We live here and we go to the ropings and we don't miss many of them. Right. So going back to that, I mean, when did you first start coming down here to Stephenville? Um, I uh, moved here four years ago and came before that a couple years on and off. I was in college over at Eastern New Mexico for a couple years and I would, I knew some guys over here. So I'd 
come stay for a week at a time and rope and obviously liked it around here and kind of figured out this is where everyone is and need to be so and then had a chance to move here about four years ago i think it was in 2016 um we bought a place billy bob brown's old place um he was moving back home so we bought it from them and i moved down here and been there ever since and it's been good and uh being down here when you you know when you're first kind of starting out roping kind of knocking heads with these guys all the time what was that experience like well it was uh it's eye-opening how tough jackpots is because coming from south dakota i mean i won quite a bit i mean there's there's guys that rope great up there too but not not the not the volume of people like down here that can rope so good so i'd go up there and i'd i'd win pretty much every time uh it seemed like not to sound like cocky or anything it's just it's just there's not the volume of guys competing up there so come down here and you go to even a 15 roping and it's tough like really tough and you get beat and just like i said i've probably lost more money open roping than i've won so but the the answer isn't quitting so you got to go and compete and it's it's a whole another level of competition that when you show up you're against the best 15 guys every time or 30 or 40 guys i mean pretty much they're all here so it's uh it's definitely eye-opening and it'll make you uh rope better or try to rope better anyways well and i think too a lot of it you'll you'll see guys that'll come down here and when they start they they get beat up and they pull it back and they maybe start trying to pick their spots or they essentially stop going what what was your mindset on towards just grinding through it well, I've always been that way. Like when I grew up, there was like a Black Hills roping club and I would head and heel and I'd rope both ends and I'd enter as much as they'd let me. So I come down here and I just kind of kept that with me and I enjoyed a head and that probably kind of kept me going because I had a little bit of a lower head number and I could head in like the 15 and the 14 for some good healers and did did good in those. So it just kind of worked out my numbers and I would heal in the open and then heal in the 15 and I'd probably head a little bit. So like I said, I don't really do much else than rope. So when I go to a rope and I'm going to enter and try to win and do our best. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an uphill battle jackpotting around here. Well, and I mean, it's like, uh, I'll give a, I think a pretty decent example. Uh, I don't know what your fees were exactly from the capitalist till now. Oh, man. But that's been two and a half, three weeks ago. Well, I mean, there were 4,000 at the capitalist and i mean didn't win anything but like i said you have to get, you have to be there because first pays 20 some thousand and that gets you ahead yeah but put up four thousand i didn't win anything there and then have won a little bit since then but yeah just i mean probably six or seven thousand just in the last three weeks jackpotting so yeah, yeah it's a it's hard to stay ahead there's big money swings yeah um and I think that that week's a little bit more dramatic than m- most of the weeks, but there's probably three or four other times of the year that you have that in a three-week oh, period yeah, that you sure. have over 5000 or close yeah. to 8000 in fees probably in a yeah. three-week period. Yeah. So financially, this is – how did you try to manage that? Um, Man, the- uh, I, I buy and sell some horses. I mean, I think anybody that ropes tries to kind of have something coming in, you know, other than roping. When during the summertime, it seems like you can get by 
pretty good by just what you win if you're doing good because you're not going to a lot of jackpots you're just rodeoing and they pay really well and you can kind of stay ahead and make a living and then when you get home i feel like uh if you're going to jackpot as much as we do you kind of need to have something else to kind of pick up the slack like when you said when you're not winning if i go to the capitalists and lose four or five thousand you're gonna have to have something to fill that in because we're not rodeoing except for the four or five months out of the year, you know? So especially this time of year, we're just waiting around. Haven't been doing anything except for jackpot. And so I'll, I'll buy and sell some horses to kind of, uh, keep track, keep up with it, you know, and, and keep me busy too. And it's, uh, it's good. I enjoy roping and I enjoy riding younger horses and training them. So that's kind of what I do to, to make up the difference. Essentially like just getting paid to practice. Yeah. You I, know, mean, I, uh, I haven't been doing it so much right now because we're kind of just getting ready for the finals. So everything's kind of been on pause with just roping on my good horses and, and just getting ready for that radio because that's obviously the main goal of the year to rope there and make up, make your money for the year. But like in years past, when I get home from the summer and I don't have the finals to look forward to, I've been, I'll buy and sell a lot of them. Head, heel, doesn't matter. Just buy one and, and rope on him for 30 or 45 days and then sell him and and get him moved on, make a little money on him and do right. it all over again. Well, too, and it, it probably helps because obviously jackpotting and rodeoing and, well, you, your situation especially, yeah. you have to have a good horse. Oh, yeah. And 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 that probably a deep string of horses. Like you mentioned it earlier, yeah. 2019, uh, towards the end of the year, yeah. maybe didn't rope like you wanted, but also had... Yeah, like my, a horse, you yeah. know, goes down and it changes it. And any, especially for like a, like a header that goes fast. Like mm-hmm. I, I have, I mean, I just healed just enough to know, like when you don't see your header and then a rope yeah. comes by and you're running as fast as you could go and yeah. you got to throw fast. That yeah. really takes, you got to have a lot of, uh, I mean, you takes can have an, all the talent you want, yeah. but you have to have a heel horse too. It's an amazing heel horse for sure. Yeah. And I've been lucky, uh, like I need to, I'll be the first one to tell you, I need better horses just as bad as anybody because you watch some of the guys around here that have three, four, five really good horses. And I, the horse I rode all year is older now. He's 23, about to turn 24 and he's still my best horse. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I definitely need more horses. But that horse, uh, has been so good for me. I bought him when I was a a five healer um now i'm going to the nfr gonna ride him there so we've kind of went through our whole career together and and uh i don't know if he's the best horse in the world but he might be the best one for me because i've uh i've tried to ride different ones I've, and then i come back to him you know right and he's so tough no maintenance i rode him all year at 23 years old and, and like you said some some tough spins that takes a, a great heel horse that can run and then be fast footed and then stop and he's uh i'm so comfortable repping on him that i've been really lucky to have him well and just to say for the toughness this was probably not only like was 2020 an odd year with all the rodeos being canceled and oh yeah and just the the feel for the rodeoing was they're, they're probably the toughest the rodeos had ever been but then there, it just seemed like it rained there for about three weeks oh, yeah. there were some muddy arenas yeah. and what was it? Was it Mandan or Mobridge? Were you guys one good over there? Oh the yeah, mud? we won Mobridge, and it was it was deep, black, it, gross mud, and and yeah, we won that radio. But yeah, it was it was wet at a few of them. 
Yeah, and that run there, like, I, I'll, I'll tell you, like, we roped in the same slack. It's the worst kind of mud. Oh, yeah. It's the worst one. I, I roped in muck boots. I didn't even put my cowboy boots on. Yeah, like, I, I mean, you just stick in it. You can't yeah. even walk. And the fact that, I mean, it sucks because you're like, it, they say, hey, you, this is your time and you got to go. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, your guys' situation, you're trying to make the finals. Yeah. And you got you want to ride your best one. Yeah. And, uh, and give yourself the best chance. And yeah. It, and it pays off for you guys that day. And it's like, like I said, those two rodeos were, one, the situation was if a guy, if they'd have told you you made the finals and you didn't have to rope that day, no yeah. one would have roped. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then over there at Cody, same thing. You feed it. I mean, that steer is yeah. a low percentage chance, but you got to be able to, to go. And then you got to be able to do it yeah, and that's 70, what, 80 times a year. That's what like people that. maybe don't realize is those were back-to-back runs. We were Cody on uh, the night of the second and Mobridge the morning of the third. And we pulled into Mobridge right when the slack started. So those two runs, we win almost 10,000. So that is, if you want to look at it that way, that's what got us into the finals because we didn't make it by any more than that. Right. So if you're going to rodeo all year, I mean, just like you said, every run is very important. And if your horse stubs a toe on one of those two runs, you don't make the finals. So it's important to have horses that are on your side and, and work every time, no matter the conditions. And my horse, I know, was great for me all year. And Nelson's gray is a great head horse. So it that was a huge help for us. Right. So let's talk about that mindset, because I think the, the one thing that um, just like you said, you got to be sharp as you can. Yeah. It's situations that are tough all the time. It's just like that. There's no sleep. Then you got to, yeah. I mean, what is it? 15, 16 hours over there from yeah, Cody. I mean, it's, it's probably, and then we came from Prescott to Cody, it's 16 hours. And then Cody to Mobridge is like 10. So it, especially that time of year, it, uh, what you know, going into it, you know what you're getting yourself into, but that's when the finals can be made or not made. So you definitely want to be sharp that week so mentally do you think all of the like how you go at it because i think you're always always competing yeah i mean it's just like that don't do good at the capitalist and they have a slide on a tuesday night a couple days after you're going to be at that open like there's no stopping like you're always competing do you think that helps your your mindset when when it kind of does come down to those those rodeos like that where you haven't had much sleep or you're in a you're at a rodeo where it's like man I, maybe i could hop on someone else's right. horse or ride a backup of mine right. or something like that which i've never been that way like um i'm gonna ride i rode my horse at some amateur rodeos this year because i'm out there i'm out there to make the finals and and i know what the end goal is but if my horse is standing there and it pays eight hundred dollars i'm there to make a living and and win money so if I leave that rodeo and I rode somebody else's horse, even if it's an amateur rodeo, and I cost myself a thousand, I'll be kicking myself over it, you know. Right. So I rode him at some amateur rodeos this summer because um, we had time to go to some, obviously with the cancellations and stuff. So I'll ride my best horse. I don't really care what it pays. I rope for a living, and there's exceptions. Like if I'm gonna go to a slide and run twenty, then I'm not gonna take him. I mean, obviously, but if it's a rodeo run and I feel like um i need to win then i'm gonna ride him and he's a tough horse too it's not like he has any issues really so so i don't really have a problem riding him you know and it's been good right so let's talk about this first nfr this year yeah and uh 
you know, it's it's kind of a unique thing because the finals at the Thomas and Mac is probably the hardest one to get a feel for. Yeah. And now we're in a bigger arena. And what is your preparation like this year? What's kind of been the, the practice schedule to get ready for this? Well, we've been uh, – Nelson went home for about a three weeks in October because we didn't really need to go right into practice and come home from the last rodeos. You know, we were in Utah and just get right to practice. And we kind of gave everything a little break, and he went home. And um, and then he came back for the capitalist. And now November we've been roping pretty good. Like – I always look forward to setting up the left fence and setting up the hay bales and, and doing the whole deal, but I don't really think anybody's doing that this year because the left fence doesn't look like it's going to really come into play. So we've been, uh, we talked about it, and and just like I told you before, I think our best chance of catching 10 is sticking with what we do best, which is going faster, you know. So we've just kind of been making our normal run, um, going to try to stay on the aggressive side. Uh and we've been roping maybe 30 or 40 a day, some on our good horses, and then we've got some practice horses that we've been riding, but we've been roping quite a bit. Right. Just basically the run, ha- it's not going to be much different than rodeo in this no. summer. You know, yeah. everything's going to be out there. And then the barrier is two foot longer than in the past. It's still two under, so it's still a short barrier, but it's more of a rodeo feel. Like instead of Thomas and Mac, I've never been there, obviously, but it seemed like it was like almost a weird feel like, they're not used to being that close to the steer because you never are except for that one time a year. And now two under instead of four under is going to be more of kind of just a, a rodeo feel where we've we've felt that a lot of times, whereas four under you've never felt that unless you've been to the Thomas and Mac. Yeah, it's like uh, the headers tell me it's it's hard to go fast yeah. enough. Like it's yeah. literally with the Thomas and Mac score, you've got to you're, – you're not – like you've almost got to – it's almost like a bulldogging style. Right. But, uh, you know, I think it, it's going to be fun because you see at the Thomas and Mac, a lot of headers will go the one, like they kind of get to this one coil shot. And yeah. like, like like how Cody Snow roped last year. Yeah. And and it seems like they want to keep them in the middle of the arena and give your healer a chance where this year it looks like you're going to be able to just go at them yeah. and, and be, or just stay with the run. Like right. You're not going to have to worry about the wall, slowing it down. Uh, so obviously it's going to be a, a bigger pressure situation i mean you're you're pretty exposed to it at this point but right. what about the the mental side of that how do you try to manage that like uh i mean or what do you have a plan for that is how how you're gonna kind of manage your mind going into it man i don't i don't know if i so much have a plan like for the finals i mean i'm sure i'll be nervous i've, I've heard from anybody i mean i'm nervous at cody would i back in there you know so i'm sure i'll be nervous but we're professionals and, and you kind of got to get used to that, you know, it's like, um, this is where I wanted to be and this was the goal. So let's not let nerves overtake us. Let's focus and, and do our best and, and let the cards fall where they may. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, loving the opportunity for that much money. You know, like I said earlier, it's a, this is a chance to pay for your whole year and then some. Right. So this is, you got to look at it like this is the 10 days where I can get ahead. So I'm excited, man. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best and stay aggressive and let it, let it play out how it might. And we'll live with it either way. I think that's the, the most important thing is believing in your, like your run, right? Yeah. Like you, you're just going to be yourself. Yeah. And I told Nelson that I'm like, 
I've seen in the past some guys maybe try to change for the finals, like let's just go jackpot the steers and and run them out there in the middle and try to be five. And, and I'm like, I think we just are better off doing what we do. I mean, let's just stay aggressive. And like we went to Charlie's Roping the other night and it, uh, it was the same barrier, same setup, and we felt good. We made some good runs. And so especially after that, we felt good about it just – staying doing what we do you know just let's just be ourselves and and uh make the best runs we can and see how much we win absolutely so what about that like mentally what what's been the biggest pressure situation before before the finals that you've you've been in or the most the most nervous like what's the most nervous you've been um probably in the final four at houston whenever i won houston um it's just that atmosphere and uh you know you know how much it pays and there's only four teams so it's not like there's much competition and but uh and I, I that was four years or three years ago 2017 so I hadn't really been uh out here much you know so that kind of put me on the map a little bit that was my first big win so that's probably the most nerves I've ever had but looking back on it I feel like you're nervous until the gates open and then it's not like I'm going down the arena thinking about how nervous I am because then reaction just takes over and you've done it a million times that uh i think the nerves go away as soon as the gates open and then you're just kind of doing something you've done a million times right well and going to that a million times so i think the the one thing that by jackpotting a lot by competing a lot you get a feel for what it takes to win right and uh and so like let's let's say well that run was pretty ridiculous at Houston because I, I think I was that year I was there and right. I was I don't I didn't make the final four where you're at but the the previous that's I missed that steer to yeah. make the final four had oh, a chance really? to um but you know I we were there that day and Sherwood was pretty fast too right in the final four or was he fast the in the one the run I before think he was fast the time before because okay. we were second out and the first team missed, so okay. we we didn't really have a time to shoot out, but there was two good teams after us, so we uh, we just kind of made the run. Like like we went back to saying what what my plan is at the finals is just to make a run. We just made the run that steer allowed us to make, and it ended up being really fast. At that time, it was the arena record at Houston. Yeah, it was a good time to use yeah, to set yeah, the arena yeah, record. Yeah, really. I think I said that in the interview. I'm like, yeah. Boy, Boyd asked me, he's like, what do you think about setting the arena record? I'm like, well. Was a good time to do it, I guess. The last round. Yeah, when they pay fifty thousand. Yeah, or, yeah. That, that's probably the time I would use that if exactly. I was picking. Man, so like for people that are wanting to take that next step and and really like learn how to rope professionally. Yeah. What has been some of the biggest things you've learned over these last four or five years? Or if you could give like a, a piece of advice to someone like that, right. what would you do? Well, the first thing probably is you got to believe in yourself because when you get down here and and you'll be a little starstruck because like I'm roping against guys like Jade and, and, uh, Clay Tryon and Chad and these guys, I grew up watching them. Like these were the heroes. So now you're competing against them and you need to believe in yourself that you can beat them. And it's tough. You're not gonna every day. So you need to not get down on yourself, but you need to definitely have a little bit of, you know, belief in yourself and, and, uh, and know that you're good enough and then as far as just working at it just just uh there them guys are working all the time every time that's all they do is work at their open and work to get better and i know 
even like Jade, three-time world champion, he still works at his roping every day, I'm sure, you know, getting better. So uh, always be working at it and always believe in yourself and start there and then just go from there. When you watch some of the guys that, that you consider great, like the Jade Corkill or yeah. someone like that, and, and you're trying to develop your healing, which I, I think you're, like like I said, you, you like to throw fast, right. and that's one of, you're an aggressive healer. Yeah. So what do you try to take from these great healers? Like what have you, what do you think makes that great healer that you try to apply to your roping? Yeah, and I, I've told a lot of people, like, I'll be the first one to tell you, I need to work at my jackpotting because I'm, if I look at myself honestly, what you need to do is be honest with yourself because there's no use lying to yourself and trying to, you know, um, talk yourself up that's not true. So I need to work at my jackpotting. And like Jade is is just, it's amazing. We were talking about like him and Clay went like 40 runs in a row at a string of jackpots with no penalties, no barrier, no legs. It's like, how do you even do that? It's amazing. So just the consistency and and that's one of my main goals because like you said i'm gonna rope for a living so i need to get better at jackpotting because i'm not gonna stop going to them um so just being more consistent and kind of it's it's a lot of mindset too like getting through a five head jackpot like rodeo and i show up i feel so confident because i heal this one steer as fast as i can and then it's over i either win or i don't win so the mindset of showing up and doing it 10, 15 times in a day and not making any mistakes is a, is a process, but that's what I'm working on probably right now. You know, and I hear this in your, like when you talk and you're just, just how you talk about yourself. I think the, the one thing that is so hard to have a balance in is the ability to assess yourself yeah. realistically and not be negative towards yourself. Exactly. And when I hear you talk, you're like, you don't say you're, you're bad at jackpotting. You say, yeah. I just want to improve it. Yeah. Do you, is that something you've worked on? Is like how, how like being realistic with yourself, but yeah. also not being negative and like breaking yourself down? Well, and I think it's been a process. Like I was pretty hard on myself jackpotting when I was younger. And now when you get a little bit older, I like I've been realizing what's that? That's not doing me any good because like I said, I'm going to keep going to the jackpots. I plan on roping for a living. So I might as well try to get better at it. And, but at the same time, I'm not going to tell myself, Oh, I'm so good at this. When I go and if I don't make it out of the second round, I mean, I sucked that day. I was not good. And I'm not going to beat Jade or Petska or any of these guys doing that. So you just need to kind of take a step back and look at yourself kind of like in the second person. And like, if I was judging, if I was looking back judging myself, I mean, I'm a, I can heal and I know I can heal steers, but doing it all day consistently as opposed to like going to a rodeo and just healing one is what I need to work on. So that's what I've been trying to do better, you know, and I'm not saying I've, I've done it better and it'll be a long process. I don't know if I'll ever master it. You know, I don't know if anybody does, but, um, that's, uh, that's the main thing. Like that's important to be able to assess yourself. And like you said, not be too hard on yourself but be honest with yourself yeah just look at it like from a realistic perspective like yeah. someone else so um what about confidence you know that do you consider yourself like a confident person and that i do i do and uh like like i said i'm more confident when i show up at the radios and i need right. to not be that way because i need to be just as confident at a six head jackpot as i am at the radios but 
for whatever reason, I think just probably having more success at the radios over the years than the jackpots. I've just kind of built into myself being more confident when I show up at a at a radio. Because when I show up there, we're all even and I can beat anybody on one given day, you know. And then at the jackpots, it just, I don't know what it is. It's just, uh, and I think other people probably go through it too because you go and you butt heads with these guys three times, four times a week, and you might not win anything that week. So it, it kind of wears on you. Um, but I am confident. I know I have ability to heal well, you know, but just putting it all together is, is a process that we're always working on. Right. So <clears throat> what about losing your confidence or like, let's just say like, because there's, there's big swings or you might oh, go weeks without sure out winning and have just a huge swing that does not go your way how do you maintain that confidence man it's uh it's crazy how it goes rodeo this summer we won maybe thirty thousand in july and the first two weeks in august uh didn't win anything and i roped terrible nelson maybe only missed one out of like seven or eight and i roped legs and i missed so i i'm telling him i'm like Man, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. I'm not trying to miss. You're heading as good as anybody, and we're not winning anything. And then that wears on you, too, because now you're letting somebody else down when they're doing perfect and you're doing terrible. So it is hard, uh, the roller coaster, because in July you can't do anything wrong. Like, it's crazy. We show up, we catch, we go to the next one, we catch again, and then just something changes and and that's rodeo i mean i don't know if it's you start drawing bad or you just miss a couple and then it starts going the other way so it is tough to deal with the up and downs but when the when at the end of the day you need to just realize hey i'm on a good horse i've healed this is the horse i've been riding so i know i can do it just kind of put it all behind you put the catchers behind you put the misses behind you let's just start fresh do our best and realize that I've done it a million times. I can do it. I know I didn't forget how to do it. Seems like I did, but just uh, take every steer one by one and, and it'll turn around. I mean, that's what everybody says. It has to turn around sometime. You know, everybody will say that, that rodeos, it's not going to go like this forever. So just keep going. Like you said, just keep grinding, keep pushing through. Don't, don't quit because that's not the answer, right. you know. Just leave it behind you. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, and I think that's the hardest thing is even for me, uh, I'll do this. This is like, I feel like this is my, one of my biggest weaknesses is well, like the other day healing, I wrote pretty good at a slide yeah. and I'm like, when I go practice the next day, I don't, I'm like, oh, I'm going to heal good. Like I just expect yeah. to rope good and, right. I, and I typically will lose focus right. or, and I'll do the same thing heading. I don't do it as, I don't really do it much heading anymore, yeah. but I will lose focus because I'm like, oh it's it's easy like it's feeling it feels easy for me or you're doing it the other way and you're like you've wrote bad and then you try so hard as opposed to like being i call it just like process yeah. oriented like how am i what do i need to do to execute to catch yeah. a steer to yeah. win in this situation Today. yes yeah. and that's uh that's like i think you can dwell on the confidence and ride like ride the wave of the good to a certain extent because it's not just a give. Even though you've healed the last three on the first hop and won a lot, the next one, if you get spun, it's not a given. You need to be focused and be doing your best. And and uh, but it's good to you know realize you've been roping good and and have some confidence. But at any time it could go the other way. You could start drawing bad or you could start 
you could rope a leg. I mean, it happens to everybody. So to to have the confidence from from roping good is is good, but not too much. And I think the same way, realize you've been same way when it's going the other way. Realize you've been messing up. You've been not doing your job, but not too much because it's going to turn around because we're we're at a high level and professional. And we've done it plenty, but you just need to grind it out and keep going and it'll turn around. Yeah, and almost like being able to just fall back on, on your practice yeah. and fall back on, like, hey, this is what I've worked on, and then I you kind of go back to these things. Or you don't even go back. Like, this is what you keep doing, and you're yeah. just, like, repeating the process, right? Yeah. yeah, trust me. I've been there. Like, the, it's been crazy. The last two years have been kind of the same rodeo, and we've done really good in July, and then August hasn't been good. Like, And that's hard to go from the top to – no, we're not winning any more than anybody. We're the low money winners now. Like, so it's it's hard to go from one to the extreme and then and one extreme to the other, you know. But I've felt like I forgot how to heal out there before. And then rodeoing, it's harder too because you miss one and you got another one to run that night. And you got to, just like we were talking before, every steer matters. So we got to shake it off and go to the next one or else this is just going to keep snowballing and might end up costing us making the finals. So it's important to shake it off and, and go into the next one with a clear mind. Well, and you got to be able to, uh, like, you've got to be able to go at them. Yeah. And, and that's the hardest thing. It's like at yeah. a jackpot or something, I feel like if I'm roping bad or if kind of having a bad yeah. jackpot, you can almost sneak yeah. by a cow or steer and go catch one yeah. and get your confidence back. Or like, oh, yeah. it just kind of like just relax just a little bit. Right. But rodeoing, nope. I mean, you can, but you're just going <laughs> to forfeit your fees and yeah, you, go you, to the next one. You're basically punting the run. Yeah. You know, you're just giving it up. What about motivation? Are you Do you consider yourself like a highly motivated person? I am uh, for roping, yes, because like I said, you have to be. If you're not, you'll find out real quick that you're not going to make it very good, very far in the sport. Um, so, uh, you know, and then now getting, when you, when you reach a goal like making the finals, I think it drives you even more because I haven't even been to my first finals and I'm already thinking about next year like, I got to get back again. So when you start tasting some success, it'll uh, really motivate you then because then you start reaching some goals and realize this is pretty awesome to get to do this. Right. And so like with this motivation, obviously I think the the cool thing that I see is there's people that are motivated and they're, they're kind of like they'll keep going. But the, the one thing that I, I don't see a lot of with people that really don't make it is they're not disciplined. Right. And I think that you have to be motivated or love what you're doing so that you keep going. But have the discipline to, like you're saying, go practice, yeah. keep going. Like there's just basically no stopping. And yeah. you're like, you just, to me, you, I feel like you're just wanting to get better all the time, right? Well, and if, if you're doing this for, for a, a job, it just kind of becomes your lifestyle. Like I don't have anything else to do today besides for rope. It's just like what we're going to be doing every day. I'm going to rope every day when I practice. I'm going to try to be getting better or working on something and or working on my horse, try to get him better. So it's not like we wake up, oh, I got to go do this today. It's just we wake up and this is what we're doing today. So it's easier, too, when you're doing it for a living to, to stay disciplined because this is just, it's it's like just a normal day, you know. 
yeah like most people are like oh you're so lucky you get to go you yeah. get up and rope all day and yeah. do that and we are i mean but it is just what we're doing every day well and you got to be able to, i think what they don't realize is yes you do get to get up and rope all day but then you've got to look at yourself in the mirror when you've had that you went to a Tuesday night jackpot yeah. and lost a thousand dollars. So you went to the capitalist and lost four thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, we get to rope every day, but we also get to spend endless amounts of money on fees, horses. Got to keep the best horses, so it's a uh, it's a privilege and it's it's work also. Yeah, you you got to be able to ride that line and uh, and almost <laughs> like understand that like hey, it's it's not it's not for the faint of heart really no. and you've got to you've got to truly love it right yeah oh for sure and and uh especially like rodeoing all year and then like gosh you're not making the finals it's hard on a guy because you start sixty-five thousand goes off the standings and you start back at zero yeah and we're back trying to do it again well and it's been hard the last couple of years because it I, I and I like this um, because when you do good, you get into some, you get into yeah. the rodeos, and it makes it a little bit easier. You know, when you get some yeah. some rodeos that count, and now like we're looking at it, like well, we may not have, yeah, may or may not get to go to those awesome rodeos. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that that's kind of going away. But you know, you're talking about when when you hit this. Okay, you made the finals, and you're already wanting. Just thinking about next year. Yeah. Are you are you kind of like setting goals? Is are you that kind of person, or do you just like? Uh, I mean, you kind of got the picture in mind, or do you? How do you try to keep that uh, perspective on how you want to get? Well, I've just I've just enjoyed these last couple months. Like I've been in this spot. I mean, just the last two years. Last year, I've been I've came home October first, had nothing to look forward to. This time of year is not great, and now this year when you have the finals to look forward to and been open a lot it just it's a lot better deal you know so as far as like looking at next year i just know that which i've known not just because now i made it i know that i want to make it again i've known i want to make it ever since i bought my card but just doing it again like and then this year was a little different year so i want to for vegas i mean assuming it'll be back next year just go to a little more normal year and and make the finals again just, just keep doing it, you know, not, not be satisfied too much with just one, but which it is a huge goal and a huge accomplishment, but, but to not be too satisfied with just making it one time. Cause we all want to keep doing it and keep making it a lot of times. Well, I think that's what makes you have so much staying power. Right. You know, if you're like, Oh, this is it. I've reached my goal. Yeah. Like, not really. You're like, I, I want to get yeah. better at these things. And I, yeah. you know, you, you're striving to, to essentially be, the best healer you can be yeah. right and, oh for sure and so i i think that that's a lot of people this is this is what i i see sometimes is they set this and they either hit it or they don't and then when they do they either fall apart or they stop working at it and uh and it makes it really tough to for them to get to that high level and then stay there yeah and i think that's the one thing a lot of these elite ropers have in common is there's they love what they're doing and they're very disciplined in their work ethic but they continue yeah to get better and oh, yeah. work on their horses work on themselves and add the yeah. the next thing to to their game yeah and that like i'll be the first one to tell you that i'm i don't think i'm near close enough to like jade or paul or some of these guys that have have uh so many horses to choose from and they're so talented and so disciplined and put them in any situation they're gonna win 
and they're going to win their fair share throughout the whole year. It's like you start the year, you know that Jade's going to make it, and you know that Paul's going to make it. Like, So I've got a long ways to go before I get to anywhere close to where I want to be as a, as a whole, you know, as a whole complete roper um, as far as horsemanship, jackpotting, rodeo, and everything. I've got a, I'm miles away from where I need to be, but it's a good start to, to make the finals and kind of feel like you belong a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the other thing too is as you hit these like certain um, goals or tiers of like with your roping, yeah. You know, feeling like you belong—that's that's a that's a big thing. And making yeah. the finals, and and I think that that's where it's like you just keep building on yeah. it. And is that is that what it feels like for you? Is it, that's I think probably so. The- yeah, being around here now, like having made the finals and like being one of the guys that is has made it, it, it helps, and it's a huge confidence booster. Like just showing up at the jackpot, knowing that you rodeoed with these guys all year and roped good enough to make it. It's a huge boots of confidence and kind of gives you something to build off of well they got to put the nfr qualifier by your name from here on out yeah, and, exactly and i think that that's man that's gotta feel good i yeah. know i know that like right now you're probably like uh it kind of is it it's yeah. exciting but right. you know in 25 years from now it's gonna be oh for sure cool to, i mean there's there's amazing ropers that have not made it because it's so tough and it's a challenge you gotta have good horses you gotta have a good partner you gotta have a good year i mean there's guys that are so talented this year that didn't make it i mean it's just it's amazing how tough it is and what a process it is to make it absolutely so let's talk about your practice because you know when you first got down here if you could talk to yourself now and say hey this is what i think you should do practicing and this is what what you've learned from about four years ago from when you're first getting here and roping a ton Till now what's been the biggest changes with your practice i mean i probably take it a little more seriously now like i when i first got down here uh didn't have the greatest partner i mean i roped with some good guys but just take it more seriously you know i kind of screwed off a little bit too much probably and and wasn't doing the right things outside of the arena maybe like partying a little too much but i mean anybody maybe when they I first mean, get to college you know but that went pretty fast, that phase. So then just when you practice, you need to be, if you're, I mean, if you're wanting to do it recreational and just have fun, then fine. But if you're wanting to make the finals and compete with the best guys and go put up a thousand to rope against Jade and all them guys, then I would probably recommend that you take it pretty seriously. And, and, uh, every time you practice, try to get something out of it, whether it's working on your horse or or your swing or anything i mean just get something out of practicing and and uh go to the arena with a purpose you know practicing with the purpose uh, yeah. each, each time and just trying to build that that kind of that foundation just like you're saying like you you feel like you're very confident with your healing and you're going yeah. fast and and you're you're a great jackpotter yeah. but you want to be better oh and yeah so that's way better yeah and that's so that's probably gonna be the focus is yeah. getting horses better and just and constantly figuring out what your horses need each day yeah how do you find the balance between being serious and not burning out or do you burn out very often i don't because i rope with a lot of the time like i rope with dustin a lot and i rope with nelson a lot so we're kind of the same age and we'll, we'll go ahead and have fun like i'll head i love to head and i'll right. i'll head those guys up in or whatever so it it stays light but there's a certain point where you know 
you're on a horse, like if I'm on my good horse, I'm not really probably going to screw off very much. Or if I'm on my five-year-old that I'm trying to make better, I'm probably not going to do too much screwing around, you know. But I think it. I think there is a point to where I know there's some guys that literally every day it's just by the book, don't do nothing fun ever. And I think there's a point to where you can go because some of my funnest memories, you know, is just out there roping with my buddies and just messing around, not working on anything, just right. just roping because we love to rope, you know. So there is a fine line to where sometimes you need to just go out there and have fun and remember, like, like I'm out here like I'm a kid just because I love to rope and this is what I love to do. And then vice versa, there's a time to go out there like I'm a professional and then work at it. I think knowing yourself too, because like me healing does that for me i'm yeah. very serious heading and i have a hard time i i don't think i can hardly practice heading and like just right. go have fun yeah like I, i'm pretty intense when i head and i just can't do it any other way but yeah. healing like i can i can have a good time healing yeah. or like it's like a relief to go to yeah. a jackpot and heal sometimes because there's no no pressure on like I don't have any expectations of where my healing's gonna be. Yeah. And it might be the same way for your heading. Like you're just I'm just literally enjoying yeah, that. We're just that out moment. here enjoying each other's company and enjoying friendships and roping and that's yep. what it's all about. You know, this is why we started roping when we were kids, because it was fun and we loved it and, and so there's a point when you need to just kinda let it out, you know, just have some fun instead of take it so seriously. So you're saying to me like when you're like you really don't burn out. Like if you if you get kind of worn out roping, you don't really take much time off. Or you'll like how, how do you? Because like I I'm right. just thinking for me, I know when I've traveled a bunch or I, when I've done something or you see it with a lot of guys like ah oh, I just need a break and right. I just need to refresh myself. But no, and I think everybody probably has a little bit of that. Like I don't mind if I've been roping a lot or I just got home. I don't mind taking a day off and not touching a horse. I don't. You know, there's days like that that, and it's not going to kill you to take a day off. I think it's good for you. Sometimes go do, go play some golf or, you know, do right. something different. But after about two or three days of it, then I'm wanting to go rope something, whether it's just ride a young horse or just do something in the arena. I don't stay away from it too long, but I think there is uh, a time to kind of rest a little bit and take a day off and do something different. As you've gotten older, do you have you found like the number of steers you like to rope in a day for you or for like just for your healing? Let's, right. let's just say like um, you're wanting to improve your healing. I, I think a lot of people say when they're younger, it's like 50 to 100 a right. day. And some guys are still that way, but the older they get, the closer it gets to like 10 to 15. Right. Do you have a practice that you like for you now? Well, not really. I mean, I don't want to. I've hear guys talk about it and and just being honest i really don't i mean i might rope 20 one day and i might rope 50 one day i mean it's just kind of what i need and it depends on how many horses i have at the time because it fluctuates like right now i don't have <coughs> a ton of horses i've got a uh, my good horse and then a couple other ones i'm practicing on every day so like right now i'm probably only roping 20 or 25 max a day but i'm making sure they're good runs right but if i'm got some younger some sale horses or whatever and then i'll rope more so it kind of just depends on the situation really right do you um i know some headers like that uh they when they practice the the younger horses or like horses that they might not be for them right they kind of take away the feel of their run do you ever yeah. worry about that for you 
Well, I think I rode enough horses that not really, because like I said earlier, I'm going to have to do it because it's part of making a living is training these horses. And, and unless you're doing great jackpot and doing great rodeo and got some sponsors and stuff, then you're going to have to have something else to make up the income. So like I've done it for long enough that I can kind of uh, fluctuate between riding a green horse and then getting back on my good horse that, um, but I've heard guys say that it is tough to go from riding a green horse and then go to the jackpot and get on your good horse. But I mean, I don't know, maybe it hurts me, but I'm, uh, it's just something I have to do. And I think I've, I've got it down good enough where I can go back and forth. Right. Right. Are you a numbers guy at all? Do you like, do you break the finances down to, to rodeo on at all? No, not really. I mean, I know it costs a lot and, uh, I just like, basically if I'm not spending money on dumb stuff, if I'm just spending money on what I need to spend money on and, and doing my best, then I don't really want to look at it because I mean, I know what it's going to cost. I mean, if I, if I sit down at the first of the year and look what, how much money I'm going to spend, I'd probably be scared of shit, you know, because throughout the whole year fees fuel rigs i mean and then not to mention just your bills and and everything it's uh, probably an unbelievable number and then he would probably like look at it like how am i gonna win more than this would i think it, it, it can be like a huge weight on you yeah. all the time if you're like oh my gosh i have to win this much yeah. a year and- no i don't like that i just i kind of if i got the money to go i'm gonna go and do my best and and I love taking off rodeo because I love having, I love uh, being entered in 15 rodeos, knowing I got all those chances, and I only got to win probably 3,000 to pay my fees at all 15, and then the rest is clear money. Right. So that's why I love rodeo. I, I uh, I'm a big fan of taking off for the summer. I think, uh, and the, I th- to me, the added money is what makes the yeah. rodeoing work so yeah. so well, and I think that that's. Like a lot of ropers, open ropers talk about this, but the percentage payback in the roping really yeah. does matter, oh, yeah. especially when you're doing it a lot. For sure. You know, and, and you've got the 80% payback seems to be the standard as soon as the fees get to like $150. Yeah. But um, I think this is what's so interesting is rodeoing, it's so much easier to hold your money together because you got. Two yeah. to two, a bit right around two hundred is your average fees. At the yeah. big rodeos, they're three to four hundred, yeah. and there's ten to twenty thousand added. Then bigger rodeos, well, yeah. it means when you hit, you get a lot more money, and it's easy. It's yeah. kind of easier to hold it together as opposed to jackpotting, where uh, you know the the eighty percent payback. Well, there's no added money, and yeah. and I feel like stock contractors or the roping producers have a hard time making money at eighty percent payback yeah. and having good cattle. But uh, man, that it kind of makes it where you, it guys almost got to be aware of what the pots are yeah. gonna be like, and yeah, it's much easier to keep it together ready on. And I I talk to my friends about like I'll go to a roping and if it's high fees, put up fifteen hundred, not one anything, and I'm like, gosh, dang, I could have went to ten rodeos. It's a half. And a, I, half I know a I would have placed. I know I would have placed the one of them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to ten rodeos very often in a row and not won something. So it's like. I think that's kind of why I'm just a bigger fan of rodeoing, maybe. Um, but it is difficult to keep it together, jackpotting as opposed to rodeos, yeah. Yeah, and and I think one thing I would suggest to like jackpotters and and kind of the maybe guys that aren't at the open level is 
you know, pay attention to that, you know, is I understand there's, there's some ropings for high fees, but man, when you're paying 800 and stock charge, sometimes it, it can like, it, it makes it hard long term to, to keep it, keep it rolling. And so I always think about that in terms of, man, if you're going to put money up, it's got to be good money and, and, and understanding like how to, how to balance that out because there's, there's ropings that are good for you and good to get ahead. And then there's ropings that eventually are going to basically like, it's like you're playing against the house. Yeah. And that's, that's where we've talked about a little bit, like going and putting up a thousand to win 1500. It's like, we've talked about, we're like, why do we keep doing this? But then we just do, I guess. I don't know if we're just that dumb that we just keep going, but, uh, it's tough. It's a tough, tough process. Jackpot. Well, yeah. And and you're, you're betting more on your skill when you're jackpotting. I think like your, your feel for your, for your rope in that day. Right. I mean, I was thinking about that. Austin had a rope in which I, I think my favorite jackpots to go to are about a 30-teamer, 150 a man. Yeah. Like, I think those are, you get good. Like, the cattle stay pretty consistent. And yeah. you if you rope good, you can win your money back. But, um, I, I mean, I, I headed and healed over there, and I had 750 in fees on a Tuesday yeah. night. And, and I made money that night. But it's like, yeah. it's you know, that's a lot of money to, to oh, put yeah. up on a Tuesday night jackpot. And like... like- the ropens get 25 teams second pays 800 a man so you can go over there and win second and break even which winning second in a roping is pretty decent right so you have to win second to break even not not losing even not make any so yeah like you're going over there betting on yourself that you're just trying to kind of to me you're kind of just trying to get your money back and then if you clear money it's just a bonus you know yep and and then also you gotta like if I look at it too. If I rope well, I get better partners, yeah. and I get I'll get more guys. Like especially now where I'm starting to jackpot a little bit, healing. Like I'll, I'll get some better runs, and yeah. then that might translate to a roping that pays five thousand. Yeah, I, and I mean that's that just goes back to like you just gotta go to them. I mean if you're gonna live here and rope for a living, then I wouldn't be skipping too many of them. Just go and rope and do your best. Got got to grind on. Yeah, them. there you go. Got got to grind on them. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, you bet. I, I, like I said, um, you know, Levi, how old are you now? 24. 24. Yep. First NFR. And yep. man, since since you've been here in Stephenville, I, I, I don't jackpot a ton, but I know that I don't think that I've been to an open around here that I haven't seen you yeah. at. And so it's like, and it's been that way, you know, for, for a long time. Yeah. And I think that's what's really important is there's going to be a lot of people like, well, hey, we're like getting you on the podcast and starting to do things with you and you're going to get a lot of exposure. Right. But it wasn't overnight. This no. has been a lot. I mean, literally you have put hundreds of thousands of dollars right. on, on the line and fees over the oh, last yeah. few years. And, and you, and you've won good and had your fair share of winning, but you know, you really have put a huge effort into it. And yeah. it's not like, I mean, like I said, it's not like you've had any, um, fair like uh, no one is I, 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 I hear you it's been a process <laughs> yeah i mean you you've done a lot is what i'm trying to say yeah. for and and not like it's not been easy you know and you're you're a great example of man if anyone wants to do it well and they, that's like yeah that just goes out to like any kids or i didn't come from money I, I mean my dad and my mom parents did did as much as they could you know making sure we had all the opportunities in the world and good horses and but I didn't come from a huge money background and, and, uh, 
don't don't still don't really have too much it's been kind of on my own you know and they've helped me out as like plenty you know i'm so grateful for them but if you want to do it you know just believe in yourself and and keep going get the best horses you can and and have a little luck and you'll you'll be all right well and i think that's it that's that's the whole point of podcasts like this is like you know if you'll figure out ways to make money and you figure out ways like well a couple things hey you're going to start like you training horses essentially getting paid to practice Um, and i think that'll help you too like i think uh some guys maybe that just come from money and have everything given to them not given to them but you know that they just have more opportunity yeah i think i think it's helped my roping a lot having to ride maybe not the best horses which i've had great horses but some growing up you know had to train my own or or get by on something you know yeah i think it helps your roping and and i'd love to be rich now but i feel like uh growing up being a little bit broke on the on the more broke side helps you and and i think everybody should kind of go through that and i think it'll it'll help you roping you know and and help you as a person well yeah man there's so much that goes into it because the horses that are good are going to mean more to you and you're going to understand what it and how to take care of a good horse. And I think you'll have better horses probably if you go ahead and, and uh, train your own. Then they know you and you know them. And that's a great way to have a... If you got the time and don't have thirty or 40000 to go give for one, buy one for 5000 and train them. And then you got a great horse, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then it shows... I, I think it shows you that aspect of it, it, the great horses. And then the other thing too is being broke, roping... Like at jackpots, oh, you've got to understand. Like, yeah, and I've been there, and I, most people I know that rope really well have been there too. Like, uh, well, growing up, we we went to the jackpot and had to win, you know, put up a lot of money, and and just knew we just knew that if we didn't win today, it was going to be tough to go to the next one. So, we we rope for a living. We've roped for money since I can remember. You know, it wasn't like. I looked. I was growing up in South Dakota. I seen some kids that maybe had more opportunities or more money. And and looking back, like then I was maybe looking at them a little bit jealous. Like, dang, I wish I had all those horses and rigs. And but now looking back at it, I don't really think I would trade it because I think I'm sitting here today, you know, going to the NFR because the struggle and the grind and and everything I've learned from it. Yeah, I I think there's something to be said about when you miss a steer and you have no money and you have to go home yeah and think about that i've been there yeah and those steers are maybe more important than the ones for big money yeah because you know when you've got to constantly figure out okay this is where it went wrong well then like for me i notice i get watching the jackpots like what's it going to take to win yeah and you start trying to develop feel for because all, all these ropings, they're going to have different barriers, different cattle, different yeah. guys, different teams. And, uh, and you're like, well, this is what I think. And sometimes you gotta you got to know when to pick it up. And sometimes you might just kind of be able to two-putt your way to, to some wins. Well, it's funny how, like, uh, your style kind of stays with you. as Like, from what, like, Dustin, obviously, we go to a lot of ropings and talk about it. He always makes fun of me because of my heading. And I rope for money. If I got to be, if I'm second callback and I got to be 8-5, to take the lead, I'm going for an eight four. Yeah, and I don't care what high call does because I'll win second. Because I've my whole life that's how I've been. I wrote for money. My dad taught me to catch the steer, you know. And I, 
it's just on a bigger scale now. And then like where he grew up, they just go fast. Like you said, them guys from the Southeast, they go at them. Yeah, That's they, just what they know. And it's just funny how different styles, you know, I wrote for, I'll take fourth. I promise you, oh. if it's going to get me even on the day and I'll feel like fine with it. You know, it's just, I can remember as a kid going to the $15 jackpot, figuring out how I was going to get my money back and my fees for the whole day were only 300. So now it's just on a, on a bigger scale now. Well, and I think that's, there's, there really is like, you learn the art of winning. Um, like for me, I, I'm, I'm really looking at it like with my healing cause I get more ropings when I heal and, uh, I might enter from like the 15 down to the 13 yeah. and you you start like, okay, this is what it's going to take in this one. And, and I'm the exact same way when, when I'm healing, I only care about what it takes to win a yeah. little bit more back than my fees. And so if it's like a, if I'm in Idaho and we're at a roping where you can enter a lot and I know that the times might not be as fast here, yeah. I will enter a ton because yeah. I know I can catch a bunch of steers and I'm planning on trying to win a yeah. couple of holes where here in Texas, it's like, you, you got to really focus on your partners and your runs and you, it's just a faster yeah, roping. Just, just doing what it takes to win, you know, yeah. and you'll, and that's what goes back to like being maybe on the broker side growing up, you learn that a lot better what it takes to win and and maybe roping sometimes for a second, you know, or like I said, if you're third callback and you got to be nine, but a six might win you the roping, I'm going for an eight, I promise you. Yeah. Because I want to win money. Well, and dude, I, I love this when I'm like, if I've got a call and a team right before me goes really, really fast, yeah. I almost love it because I, I can it's like insurance yeah. because I either, if I got a good steer, I get to try to beat them. Yeah. But if I don't, I just knock him down and I hope that it's fast enough that these yeah. other teams try to beat him. And it's like, you know, yeah. there's like all these ways to, to try to win. Well, it's not like you're not <laughs> trying to win, but I think it's just taking a high percentage, like make sure you catch the steer and it might be fast enough. You might win first. Cause I've been in that spot a lot where I gotta be nine. <clears throat> I gotta be nine. I go catch, I'm eight and the something happens to the high team, you know, or you might win third instead of first, but it's just catching it. You can't win anything with a zero. Yep. You got to be on the board to win something. So just catching the steer and making sure you're on the board, give it, yourself a chance. It, it's, it's so, I, I, I couldn't agree with it anymore. And there, there really is like the, all these styles and everything and how we all do it. And I think that's what makes it so fun with roping yeah. and, uh, and, and, it, and just like, I've seen you head a lot and, uh, was it your dad's head horse that you had for a little bit yeah. a few years ago yeah. and, and then watching you at them higher numbers and, and, and you like, you, you try to, it goes back to that. I, I felt like your guy, when I watched you ahead, don't try to reach no. a lot and you really I played to your horse yeah, <laughs> yeah, and made them easy to heal. And yeah. you had good healers behind you, guys that throw fast and it was like just smart wins. Yeah. And, and that just goes back to like your DNA that you get put in you with whoever teaches you how to rope, which was my dad. He taught me right horn, left horn, and turn the steer. And that's how I still am when I head. I can reach a little bit if I need to, but I don't like to. And I'll tell anybody that. I'd rather run close. Right. I don't really want to go fast. I just want to be able to run up there, put it on the horns, because I know how he taught me to rope. I can run up there, and I can turn up probably about 100 in a row and not miss. Because right. that's just how he taught me how to rope. And, and I'm thankful for it that I still have that. You know, If I need to go catch, I can go do it. Yep. I, I think that kind of going back to all that, um, one thing that I, I, it's probably been the biggest help for me 
over the last few years is when I miss steers or I have bad practice sessions or it's kind of gone wrong. Yeah. I really try to make those into moments that I don't forget. Yeah. And I think that that's where I like, I don't crave losing, but I crave like uh, I, I, the struggle. Yeah. And I think that, cause I know that I'm going to add it to my game. Like when I miss a steer, like the other day I missed one for you in the 15 yeah. and I missed an easy steer and I start thinking about those steers. Like right. I'm like, okay, when I have these headers that use their horse and, and I set up a shot, I have to be able to go another swing sometimes. Right. And I think that those ones, like I really remember that. Like, and, and I think that I, if you can take those and add it to your game, it really, it does. It makes it where you like, you get, uh, I, I've gotten, I don't know if it's been one of the main reasons I've like for me getting better as a roper, yeah. but I think so. I think it is when I, I really try to remember those misses or those bad practice sessions. They kind of like, they're like reality checks for me. Well, and I'm, I'm a little bit maybe too extreme when it comes to that because I might be 10th call back and they're only paying four and I still want to just take the lead just in case instead of going for the short round fast time or something. Right. And I don't know if that's good, but I think there needs to be a happy medium there, you know, because I have the ability to go faster, you know, if I need to, but, and sometimes I've needed to, and it's probably cost me money. But like I said, it just goes back to roping for money and, and not leaving anything on the table. Yeah. And, and maybe knowing who's behind you in the yeah. roping too. Like right. if you've got a couple of guys that are professionals in a slide, like they're probably not going to miss. Right. But if you've got, uh, 13 roping and they're paying five monies in your 10th call yeah you might win something yeah, and yeah. that's what i hate doing is like if i'm seventh or eighth call back and they're paying four and i take a dumb throw and then i'm watching the roping and the next two miss i'm like oh my gosh yep. why didn't i just go catch yeah you know sometimes you might win eighth but sometimes you might win third so i'm kind of stay i kind of stay with the strategy especially when i'm heading to just stay in my lane do what I can do, and if it's too slow, whatever. But most of the time, you'll probably win something. Right. Having a game plan, stay, right. staying with it. Yeah, and then, like, rodeoing is crazy because it's opposite. Like you said earlier, you can't do that. you got to go at them, and if you want to sacrifice your run, I guess you can just go catch them. But you have to go at every steer, no matter if you miss the last three or four. And I feel bad for headers especially because they could be struggling – get a barrier miss two miss three and they got to go at the next one and then as a healer you got to be supportive and know they're not trying to miss but this is the throw they have to take or else we're just not going to win anything yeah i i think that i've learned that the hard way and it was it was like i said it, it's one of those things you like your struggles are end up being some of your biggest confidence boosters is, right i i mean i i know like like you said you go through a cold spell where i've i think two or three years ago i missed eight or ten in a row like yeah. there's a couple is a couple good two or three weeks yeah and then i just like when i went home and practiced it felt good and when i yeah. go to the next rodeo I'm like, and i just kept telling my partner i'm like hey it feels good to me i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing like i, yeah. I every time i miss i can explain the miss like yeah. I, it makes sense where i threw my rope yeah and i and i always looked at it like that if it makes sense where i took my cut then I'm okay. Right. But when I start taking, like I have a black spot or I like yeah. kind of don't remember why I threw right there. Right. Then I, then I start worrying. But if I feel good about it, then I, I know you like, it'll come right back around and it'll turn back on. And it, and the fact that it did, 
yeah. and I was right, makes yeah. it even more like I'm not afraid to miss anything. Yeah, it'll it'll turn around. Yeah. I mean, that just goes back to not quitting and keep grinding it out and do what you need to do, and it can't go on forever. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 professionals. It's gonna go on at one at some point, and like a healer. Like for me, I know, especially this summer because the rodeos were so hard. I know my partner's trying. I know he's not trying to miss. So it's important to just stay ready too because as a healer, like if you're over there and your header's been having heck or missed three or four, when he does turn one, you need to catch him because that's our job. So I think just being supportive and being a good teammate, you know, and, and staying ready for when he does turn one back that we can make up for the last four on this one steer is uh important i think so and i think that's where that that realistic talk is handy yeah because you're like you can tell your header like hey yeah. i like that i like yeah. that shot and and i and also what do you think about this like the guys that aren't afraid to miss yeah uh, i think they're dangerous like i think oh, those are the ones sure. that can win a lot yeah. Are you? Do you feel that way about your roping? Like not really, oh, yeah. like not afraid to take that shot. And miss? Especially rodeo, and I don't care. I mean, I'm gonna. Yeah. I know I'm probably gonna miss some, but I'm gonna go out there and throw in in time to win something. That I tell people all the time. One of my biggest pet peeves is being too slow, like catching the steer, but being too slow to win something at a rodeo. Which some people are the exact opposite. They say catch the steer if you don't win, fine. That's just how I am, but. When I'm at a rodeo, I know where I'm going to throw. And let, I mean, there's exceptions. There's average rodeos where maybe you just need to catch in the short round or something. But at a one-hander, yeah, I'm not afraid to miss at all. And I like them guys I rope with, Dustin, Nelson, they're not afraid either. They're yeah. going to throw their rope. And, and they're so good from back there that it's going to work a lot of the time. Well, I think that that's what allows it to work as well. Because yeah. those guys, like... To me, as a hitter, I cannot work on it like they have. Yeah. Like, I just can't live with myself taking those shots. Yeah. And it's not something I grew up doing. And it kind of goes back to where you, you know, where, yeah, you, like where you grew up and what who, you do. Your DNA from roping. Yeah. yeah. It's not in my DNA to head like that. Yeah. And those guys, man, and, and, and even like now, like I'm comfortable where I cut my rope at them and I'm not afraid to miss. And it feels like my run wins. But also, that's what makes, I think that's what makes it uh, special for guys like yourself and and your team is you have that run that's yeah. extremely fast and neither one of you guys have an ounce of fear with it and right. you guys trust it a lot and it's like it just turns into one of those runs it it it, it wins yeah and and, it, and you guys know how to win and it, that's what that's what it gets you to that spot yeah and those guys are like they kind of learn backwards it's kind of <laughs> funny to me because you ask them both dustin or nelson how'd you guys learn how to hit well we were both healers to start yep and then we had some shitty old practice horse and we just bombed every time so we learned how to reach first and then i was listening to like nelson's deal he's telling the the lady who's doing the interview he's like yeah i learned i could reach but i couldn't go catch so i'm like listen i'm like thinking how i learned to rope well i could catch that's what i learned how to do when i was 10 years old is just go catch the steer yeah. and then you know that's that would be kind of how you would think you would do it learn how to catch and then get good at that and then start reaching well, them guys go backwards. They learn how to bomb and then go fast. And then now, I mean, they're so talented. Now they can go catch. But it's just funny how they learned kind of backwards from what I did. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I think that's like a like West Coast heading compared to East Coast yeah. heading. As you see a lot of guys like that, that 
the west like the boxes are deeper your horses got to run more steers are seem stronger and in yeah. the east it's just like the arenas might be a little more narrow not as long some more indoors yeah. and they just they go fast oh every time and, and i think also healers too that start out healing they break the rope over yeah over like over the horns and it turns over and it's yeah. more natural for them to reach right. and it's not as natural for it to like pull it down but right. uh, i i agree i think there's something about that that it, it yeah, and all them guys cool. are like that down there, not just them two. It's crazy. It's just like the style down there, I guess. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time I saw John Alley hit. Oh, dude, yeah. He just, just like them guys, just bombed every time. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, and there's a lot of guys that, uh, that can do all of it, but I think that that's where it comes down to getting the, getting the jackpot and grinding and yeah. really like refining it because there's a lot of different ways of heading steers. Yeah and healing steers mm-hmm. and you've got to figure out what works for you oh, yeah. to get there and and i think that that's that's what makes the sport so special is yeah. you can win any other ways but really you've got to be really good at doing what you do yeah and i think that's that's what a lot of us don't understand or or they like it, headers will like that they they can take a ton of guys out of their game yeah. and you, you know the the first time that someone probably is at a slide with Dustin Egg squeeze ahead and yeah. they're not going to do very good because no. they're going to see what he's doing and they're going to try to pick it up and they're completely yeah. out of their comfort zone. Yeah. So yeah. he can do it. He shows up at something like that or he can enter 10 times. And it's going to be pretty tough because he, he's going to do it every time and turn most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And man, I, I think that that's, that that's what makes Ropen so cool to me though, is how, how unique it is to, to yeah. actually win and, and like, I mean, we can we can look at a ton of guys like you. You win way more than your fair share heading. Right. And you look at a guy like a Wesley Thorpe who wins heading and healing. Oh yeah. Like Everywhere. It, it just doesn't matter. He's done it for ten years. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, and I think that's what makes it so so cool. Uh, oh yeah. But well, man, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, let's uh, let's stay in touch and you bet. definitely good luck at the finals. I'm excited. Uh, I think you're gonna enjoy that a lot. Sweet so. man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks.